Welcome to the Comedy Defect Podcast. This is the Apocalypse Edition. Welcome to episode 71. Yes, we made it to 71 episodes before the apocalypse happened. So thank you for tuning in this month because we don't know if we're going to be here next month. This is the second official day of the lockdown. Before we could go to pubs and clubs but we weren't allowed to go and we had to have social distancing. Now we're not even allowed out of our homes. Technically we are. But I mean, I've got a dog, so I walked those dogs the other day. I went for a run. I went to the shops. Haven't been to a pharmacy yet. Maybe I'll have a headache tomorrow. I'll do, instead of three things, four things. That's what I'll do. But the lockdown has happened. It's like we had in Italy with the coronavirus. Yeah, I'm sick of these coronavirus jokes about toilet roll. They're not imaginative anymore. Please move on to something else. Make something imaginative about the coronavirus. Do the research and then come up with something, please. Because otherwise it just like goes in one ear and then bleh, comes out like that. So I hope you're having a good lockdown doing whatever you're supposed to do. I am getting through all of the food in the cupboards. We had a bag of rice in there for years, a massive bag of rice. I mean, we had that since, since last year. We had a bag of pasta that's been there for the last two months. We have long life milk just in case. We have all these things. We're, I was already prepared for the apocalypse. We had toilet roll. It didn't matter. I didn't buy any more. just had that. I had jam. I've got treacle. Loads of treacle in there for some reason. I have no idea why. Coriander. I've got tons of it. Cumin. If you need cumin, let me know. Message me on thecomedydefect at gmail.com, okay? You can follow this podcast on Twitter at WinterDominus. You can find my stand-up gig dates, which will probably be in September on that website too, if you need to follow me. But this is like really, it's like Castaway in Wilson. My microphone now is Wilson, and I'm talking to that, trying to get a response back, uh, and maybe sort of fulfilling um, my life's ambition to try and connect with another human being or other human beings. I hope you're at home with people, or you have a family or you have family close by that you can go and see and uh, you're not isolating yourself too much because it can get, you know, the walls kind of can start closing in, starts to feel like a prison. I'm doing press-ups every day. It's not helping me feel like I'm not incarcerated. Uh, I got a message this way. You get these messages from people saying, oh, don't worry, we've got a virtual gym now. Oh, that's great. I'm fucking safe. That is wonderful. A virtual gym. I'm just doing exactly the same thing at home. Anything it makes me feel more alone. Because I'm not connecting with anyone. The gym is more of a social thing, even though you don't talk to one. It maybe want to talk to one or two people. But a virtual gym just makes you feel like, you know, it just makes you feel sad. I'll say, hope you're having a good apocalypse. Try and stay healthy, stay motivated. Get those things done. Get those sitcoms written. Get the fringe shows done. Get, get, to, get, get ahead of yourself. Get one for 2021, 2022, 2023. Get them all done. All for the festivals. Do it. Get those, you know, that amazing 20 minute to 30 minute set down. Get it ready. Book a holiday for next year because you probably won't be able to go there this year. But hey, look, just try to look to the future. Give yourself a light at the end of the tunnel. But maybe this podcast will be your light at the end of the tunnel. This is episode 71 with the very funny magic-based comedy, Jason Mannion, or also known as El Baldinio. Uh, this was a great conversation I had with Jason on the 25th of the 5th, 2019. It's been a year coming. And the day we recorded this, it was very, very hot. And Jason came to me and we recorded it in my comedy bunker, which is a shipping container. And it was like a little oven and Jason was sweating and it was really tough. And it was in fairness, moments of this conversation, it was hard to keep going because it was so hot. We were actually roasting. It was so hot in the shipping container, but we got through it. I thank Jason for coming on the show. It was a lot of fun. And he just gotten four yeses from Britain's Got Talent. And unfortunately he didn't make it to the semis, 
but he got four yeses. That's brilliant. I wish all the luck to Jason, and he's been going well with that momentum from that show. And he's also got a family-friendly show in the Comedy Store in Manchester on the 17th of October, 2020. So go and see him, because I think we'll probably be allowed out by then, and the virus will have disappeared, and we'll all well, be out and go to the shops, go for runs, go to the gym, socialise, talk to people. Um, I don't know, maybe we'll, we'll start smoking in public as well again. I don't know. I don't know what will happen. But that's it. 17th of October, Jason's doing a family-friendly show at the Comedy Store in Manchester, and that is going to be a family-friendly show, as I say, 17th of October in the Comedy Store in Manchester. Go and see him. Very funny. Really lovely fella as well. Go check that out. I'm not going to say much more for this intro, so I hope you enjoy this episode. Have a good apocalypse. Stock up. Eat something nice. Be good to yourself. Enjoy this episode. Jason Mannion, a.k.a. the great El Baldinio. Jason, welcome to the Comedy Defect. I mean, I don't want to use your last name, right? But why is why do you, why do you not use your talk about this a minute ago? Why do you not use your last name? Well, my full name is Jason Mannion, right? Which sounds very similar to Jason Manford. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I don't really go under my real name, Jason Mannion, because it, it can well not only it confuses people, but um, it's just too similar to his name, and I'm I'm a comedian, so. I avoid using Jason Mannion and just yeah. go under the name of El Baldinio. El Baldinio, that's it. El Baldinio. El Baldinio, yeah. 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 And, uh, Which so, people get wrong as well. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I just got it wrong. El, yeah, Bald- you just El wrong. Baldinio. MCs get it wrong. <laughs> Newspapers get it wrong. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the thing, because with, 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 my, with my last name, Phonander, as well. Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm ditching it completely now. I'm getting rid of it. I'm oh, just, yeah. I've, had, I'm just, I've had enough of Phonander. No one gets it right. I like, like my first name, Winter. Yeah. That's so, enough. Yeah. It's enough. I mean, without people, go, people will look at it, that, talk to me or talk about me. I'm sure and go, oh, he's using just the name Winter now. Yeah, like Madonna. It's like no, no, just because it makes it simpler. Yeah, and it's, and it's and easy for people to remember. Otherwise, they go Winter Phonander and they've totally forgotten the whole name. Then so El Baldinio, right? Yeah. So you've had a really. I just we booked this before before the Britain's Got Talent yes. explosion, which is great. I mean, I don't want to say that I was the helped you along there. With that bit of, <laughs> bit of luck, but um, but so we booked this before that, and like since then you've you've got through, got four yeses on Britain's Got Talent. Yeah. And uh, so how how do you feel about that, man? Are you like just still euphoric and over the moon about it, or? Yes, it's been a experience. Yeah. Uh, it's it's been a positive experience. Uh, I'd say it's been ninety percent positive and ten percent negative. You know. There's been a few trolls on on the internet. The editing of the video, mm. the clip, you know, my audition. Mm-hmm. They, they put a few, you know, reactions in there that that obviously were a bit odd, really. Mm-hmm. There's been a, a little bit of a downside, but the, the upside has been fantastic. Yeah. Okay. But we're comedians, you know. Yeah. And and you you, you uh, when you play a, a a gig, you don't concentrate on all the people that are clapping. Concentrate on that miserable guy or gal in totally. the third row who sat there with a face like thunder with their arms crossed aren't they you know so always the way always that's it so I mean you don't know that that person isn't enjoying themselves they just don't aren't aware of their face 90% was great got the odd trolls but hey that's just jealousy anyway isn't it um yes it could it could be uh, I, mm. I think it's just part of the modern age isn't it yeah, you know right. you people have a they're usually anonymous people like, mm. and, th- and then you get voices from the past a few oh. of those um, have, have come up, you know? Yeah, crawling from, out the woodwork. Yeah, crawling out the woodwork. and I mean, nothing's been malicious, but it's like 
hang on a minute, I thought you'd disappeared into the horizon, like, yeah. you know, and, mm. but you're not, you're back in my life, like, you know, and, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like, like, ex-girlfriend sort of thing nearly coming Disp- through, <laughs> oh, hey, how's it going? Yeah, 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 so could you tell me how to do that thing? I was like, oh, come on. Yeah. You yeah, talked to me before that, but now it's just making it plain and obvious what you, why you were talking to me now, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. So, yeah. It is, yeah, interesting, yeah. But yeah, on, on the 90% positive side, I mean, I got to play the Palladium mm-hmm. in front of two and a half thousand people, yeah. you know? Uh, I saw uh, Bruce Forsyth, he's actually interned under the Palladium stage. Right. His ashes are, yeah. Yeah. Is the, you can actually see them. Can you see them or like, is it, it's not uh, well, I saw a right? plaque. I think they're, they're buried on, under the stage or something, wow. you know? So I saw a plaque. Yeah. So you um, literally danced on Bruce Forsyth's his <laughs> grave, yeah. <laughs> no, but it was nice to see him there. Yeah. To see him nice. Of course. But, and yeah, I got to uh, meet Anton Deck. Yeah. I, I had a great interview with Stephen Mulhern. Oh, yeah, so part of the downside, I didn't get onto the main show, but I got onto Britain's Got More Talent. But because of that, I, I had, you know, a good eight, ten minute screen time. Great. Which you, uh, which you don't get on, uh, on the main show. Yeah, it, it was, to be honest, it was a bizarre feeling when you walk out onto the stage and there's David Williams, Simon Cowell and, you know, mm. Amanda and uh, Alicia. Mm. Just, uh, it's just a bizarre, you know, Anton Deck, w- wish you well mm. and you walk out there and suddenly it's your audition and mm. to be honest, I was feeling so ill. I, I was recovering from a bout of the flu oh, right. at that time, at precisely around that time and uh, I, I honestly had to drag myself off the off the sofa to yeah. to attend that gig, you know, but... Wow. You don't have too much energy to feel yeah, the nerves, you know. It so, could be, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that would be like a, a very stressful situation where I go, well, like you know, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to get it over with, sort of thing. You're totally yeah. relaxed then. Huh? But it's that Doctor Showbiz element, you know. They always, mm. You know, never before experienced it like that to that level. But it certainly worked that day. Charlotte yeah. Renan, woo! Here we yeah, go. yeah, that was it. Yeah. But I find out tonight of, of the recording. I don't know if you can mention the date today. Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. Twenty fifth of the fifth. Twenty fifth of fifth. Right. Well, it's announced today about mm. who goes into the live semi-finals. Oh wow! So uh, I, I'm under embargo to mention anything until it's broadcast. So tonight, people find out whether they're in the live semi-finals. So. And when are the semi-finals actually taking place? I think they're starting next week. Okay. So yeah, so a week from now, so it's, uh, third, I guess, is something like third that. Yeah. June. So how long are you doing comedy then, Jason? Well, I started off intentionally doing comedy. I standing on a stage and doing it. So I was studying at, uh, at university in Manchester and I was about 24, I'm 49 now, I was 24 at the time. Someone told me about uh, the Frog and Bucket. Have you, have you played the Frog and Bucket? Yeah, I've played both, yeah. But have you yeah. played the old one as well? I played the, the, the Preston one and the one in Manchester. Ah, right. Yeah. Well, the, the one in Manchester used to be in a different place oh. around the corner, yeah. And um, so I, I used to go there on, on a Monday night and uh, Mrs. Merton, Carolina Hearn, mm. she was always there. She was going out with uh, Peter Hook at the time from um, New Order. There's, you know, there's a few faces. Tony Burgess was to play there. Mm. Smug Roberts. Yep. Yeah, the, all these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I was going to university uh, uh, at the time and attending the, uh, the open mic nights because that was always the most fun. One day I decided to get up on the stage because... To be honest, when I was at school, I suppose I was a, the class clown, mm-hmm. and, you know, sort yeah. of conversationally funny. And then you realise how different a skill yeah, that is. For sure, right? <laughs> yeah. And what was you, what were you doing in the uh, in college? 
Oh, I, I, I trained as a youth worker, mm. a youth worker by trade. Right, like okay. Young people, yeah, difficult, yeah. you know, difficult young people, young offenders and that sort of thing. Yeah. I've got handy to break the ice as well if you're like, you know, funny in life. I mean, you can just kind of, just go, oh, that's all right. You can ease the tension in some moments or you just kind of have to sit there very stone-faced. Oh, yeah, I was uh, coming to some use during my professional life, yeah. but to be honest though, no one wants to work with a comedian, you know, a clown yeah. and... You know, when that's there's true. some big serious matters, you know, yeah, working with people like, you know, yeah, yeah. In, in my mind, I'm cracking jokes about things like, and it's not. Yeah, that's right. You, <laughs> you know, I'm not designed for this. this I'm is, not designed no, for this. No. Uh, it's going to come out. So it's going to fester or come out sometime when it's not appropriate. Yeah, that's right. I know that. That's so you. Uh, but you actually, you you did you worked in as a youth worker for a while. Yeah, till 2006. I um, worked as a youth worker for a local authority. Uh, in, Kent. in Kent. Kent, yeah, that's why I moved to... I live in Kent now. So. Right, okay. But say, back back to the uh, uh, university, yeah, and and I just put my name down one night and got up on the uh, the open mic night and uh, completely died on my ass. And it was a huge shock because, you know, you think to yourself, well, I was a class clown, I'm conversationally funny, mm-hmm. you know, make people laugh. But you get on stage, man, God, I was awful. Yeah. You know, mm. I was really awful. What did you do? Like, what was the stuff you kind of did? Was it like stories or conversations or? Well, this is a confession. Mm. Uh, uh, this was 1994. Mm. Um, and I grew up in, you know, working class Warrington. I grew up listening to Bernard Manning. Mm-hmm. You know, those, the end of the comedians mm-hmm. and the comedy all, all, all then. You know, even Eddie Murphy to some, some respect. It was all about punching down. So all of my material, I'll read back on it now, it was all punching down. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, I got up again. That would have been 22 years later. Wow. Because that had such an effect oh. on my confidence. Yeah. But the next stage. That's a tough one. That's it was a, 22 oh. years later, yeah. Whatever. Did, did you do the classic, though, of inviting like, your friends and your family to the gig or anything like that? The first one I did, Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I've done that with... Um, I was in that with a comedy store gong show. Oh and no! I was like, that was like years ago, and I was like, I I said to uh, I said to my, my my brother, my dad, and and my my dad's girlfriend, and I was like, yeah, come to the comedy store. I was like, come to the comedy store, and uh, I was in I was like I was only I done like thirty gigs, you know, but I was dressed in my suit jacket. I was really into Bill Hicks at the time. And I was like oh, suit, wow. suit jacketed up and like you know, and then uh, and died. Like I did. 17 seconds oh, and they wow. got me off right but I was terrible one thing I did learn from that night was um, never invite your parents to your like you know your first 100 gigs you know, yeah. or, or more yeah. on, you've all got different learning curves and also the Italian guy he was up the same night and good looking guy tall fella shaved head like re- just really like yeah, he looked good looking fella yeah. good look, lucky fella you know it was like he walks up and he has a swagger about him walks up and as soon as he picked up the microphone they gonged him off oh did they <laughs> Oh, like, uh, right, so they don't like that. No, no, yeah. no, they were like, look at this guy, because he, he oozed like, I'm so uh, confident, right. you know. The guy who was emceeing was uh, John Fothergill. Oh, yeah. And uh, he was, he said, uh, before before they, uh, before he left the stage, not John Fothergill, but the, the Italian guy, he got really offended with it, he got annoyed with the audience, because like, you guys don't understand, it's because I'm so good looking, isn't it? That's why you gonged me off, you're just jealous. Anyway, he went off, John Fothergill came on and said, uh, guys, I think you're a bit harsh with you know this guy here. Yeah, I think we should give him another chance. To, you know, we should give him another chance. And then so he walked away. But with the Italian guy walked it like off, and then was walked halfway towards the stage, and, they, and then he said, "Oh, come on off." John said, "Come on, on you come." So he walks onto the stage. 
He picked up the microphone again. They gonged him off a second time. Oh wow! Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it to be fair, you've got to be gracious, haven't you? Like, like okay, fine. Absolutely. It's not yeah. my night. Yeah. It's not yeah. my night. Okay. Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's hard to do sometimes. It is hard to do. You know. Okay, so your 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 second gig you did twenty two years later. Something like that. And, yeah, it's and, a lot of time. And where was that? And what, what was that doing? Well, in the meantime, I'd been working as a youth worker, and you know, for twenty years or whatever. One of my members of staff, Simon, he uh, was an amateur magician, and he showed me a, a magic trick, and it had me dumbfounded. Uh, so I threatened to sack him if he didn't tell me the secret <laughs> of how to do it. Mm. Uh, but anyway, he showed me this trick, and I, I, I sort of got into uh, performing magic in the meantime. Around about, I think it was about 2007, I got asked to do uh, uh, some kids' magic at a, a New Year's Eve do in Canterbury. So I just took a little, uh, it's a thing called a, a switch bang, you change coloured handkerchiefs or mm-hmm. something. I just had fun, like, you know. So from 2007, I first picked up a, a magic wand, so to speak. And it was a steady, steady, steady uh, uh, journey into becoming El Baldino around about 2010. Mm. So I'll be, yeah, I've been good doing this for about nine years. So that, 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 that was the journey, really, into, into uh, comedy. But With your the kid, you did kids shows, right? I started off doing that. It's tough, yeah. isn't it? It's, it's tough. Well, it is tough, and it still is tough. Mm. But when, when I first started to do magic, this is what most magicians do, is you go to the magic shop, and you buy a DVD of mm. another magician doing magic, and you copy off that magician, mm-hmm. do the trick, do mm. the patter, you know, all the lines. Yeah. And, and that's what I did for three years as a kid's entertainer. Mm. So, to be honest, it was like cheating. You know, all I yeah. had to do was perform it, so it could have been a lot tougher. But by the time I started to go from doing kids' magic into adult clubs, mm. you realise that uh, adults are a lot more savvy than mm. kids, mm-hmm. and you couldn't do that material. You couldn't do hack magic stuff. Mm-hmm. So from then, from that point on, you know, I, I've been a writer as well as a performer. You know, and mm. that's that. To be honest, that's been the hardest thing, really. Yeah. You know, it's for anyone, really, for any comic. It's, mm. It's being the writer as well as the performer, like, you know. I was a clown for a little bit as well. Oh, was you? Yeah, like tiny, like didn't even have a name or like I'd have the egg or whatever it was, but you know, just I was weekend party clowns sort of stuff, you know. Wow. And that was a nightmare. Any of those that you could mention, any horrendous stuff that happened to you while you were, uh, of course, protect the innocent. Yeah. <laughs> um, was it they were pretty good, well behaved? No, oh, no. Good. and they're still not really. To be honest, if you play in a comedy club, a kids mm. show, it's different because there's a stage and it's raised and you know mm. it's dark and you're the loudest voice in the room. But mm. when you're playing in someone's back garden or you know someone's patio, or yeah. then you know the kids come and walk onto the stage and mm. they try and nick things and yeah. you know the hecklers, heckle, oh yeah, hecklers, and some kids just they like to um, pick up the tricks, don't they? Yeah. You know and destroy them, them yeah eat them <laughs> I was trying to think what's the worst experience I've had with kids oh, I, ne- I nearly had a death that would, yeah, that would have been a nearly a oh. death <laughs> How, yeah that's, that's pretty extreme that, that's pretty extreme how was that what happened there <laughs> what it was is uh, I, I bought this trick and it's not a trick actually it's, it's a cup and it's got liquid in it mm. but it's for keeping things cold in the freezer mm. but it looks like a cup full of uh, juice yeah you know? yeah but it's all sealed. Uh, I got a kid on the stage and I, I went to throw it at her. And she took about 10 steps back, you know, while I'm throwing this. Because uh, yeah. she thought it was all going to go over it. And yeah, the trick is it doesn't go over it. Yeah, yeah. She took about 10 steps back and uh, there's like a, t- you know, 
must be a 20 foot drop off oh. the side of the oh Jesus <laughs> so uh, oh. I went running over to her you know caught, just caught her in time like you know, by the scruff of the neck dragged her on but that would have been <laughs> oh, no. that would have been white lines it worse if you mis, 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 uh, misjudged it yeah. I punched her off the stage. I know. Mate. That, was, that was lucky, yeah? Yeah. Gotta be careful in the eighth. This is it. <laughs> just, just, uh, did that magician just punch that girl off the stage? No, he was trying to save her. No, but really, you don't understand. That was it. Oh my yeah. God, what a nightmare. What a nightmare. But I never knew, because it was the first time I performed it, I didn't know that was going to be the response. Yeah. You know, like you, you go to throw mm-hmm. something in someone's face. Yeah. They run backwards like that. I was like, oh. That's it, yeah, could just just come over this side, come to the, sta- the side of the stage, right? That's it. Yeah. So I still wow. do it now, but I, I um, you know, point the kid in the different direction. Yeah. They go backwards towards no spikes. The back of the stage. Like, yeah, no yeah, spikes. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's it. So you live in Kent now. Yeah. And uh, been doing comedy for nine for nine years. Yeah, about two thousand and ten. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And where was your first uh, com- comedy magic venue you went to? Uh, I think the first one was. Uh, one of these open mic nights mm. where they say, you know, roll up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we want comedians, poets, magicians, mm. anything. So I went along to one of those. Do you remember which one it was? It was in a, a club called um, the Orange Street Music Club in right. Canterbury. Yeah. Mm. It's now a comedy venue. You know? It wasn't, wasn't like I played it. <laughs> uh, but it was, um, that was the first time that I, I did comedy magic on stage in front of adults mm-hmm. rather than kids like that and you said that it was kind of hard because they're so savvy about your about they, they can't be fooled and you've got to rewrite write your stuff as well well I, I basically got up and did some uh, I did a trick uh, the uh, needle through the balloon trick okay yeah. where you put a blow a balloon up and you put mm. a, a metal needle right through it and yeah. take it out again okay and uh, and no one was impressed oh. really they're like oh yeah wow you know go, go and do it at some kids party or mm. something like that you know and then, and then, so uh, did you? Did you have any jokes at that time, or like, did you anything? No, only the well, as I said, only the ones that I'd got off a DVD. That was my act then, like a sort of hack, magic act, you mm. know, doing, doing uh, sort of ready-made shop bought tricks. Mm-hmm. So that that was the, that was the first one, and then from from then on, I started to write. Really, you know, when you realise this yeah. this isn't going to work, mm. and I, I even got a promoter saying, "Please don't come back to our club." With your, um, you know, shot port tricks and your ready-made right. patter. Oh, that's tough. That's tough. Eh? Do you know it was tough, but it was the best lesson that I've learned. Really, mm. you know, the best one, and it's the one that's uh, put me in best stead for progression. Really, yeah. Of course, you got to hit the bottom, and then bounce back up again. And I, yeah, it's yeah. like I remember, uh, like I did a tiniest, tiniest bit of magic. Like you know, sort of. Like, oh yeah. I did had the uh, was it the uh, five minutes with handkerchief. Mm. You know, if you know that one, there's a five minutes with handkerchief. Turn the handkerchief into uh, there's a little bit of patter goes with it. It becomes a mouse in the end, oh, and right. then you just like play with it, like just play with the mouse, trying to move it around. You go, oh, that's oh, yeah. mouse, you know. Oh, and nice got, one. You just wind it up, and it's some really good bits and bobs in it. Like it's oh, quite lovely. good, but it's very visual. You know, it's because it's a white handkerchief, and then you can like get to see it around. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. But yeah, so uh, you're uh, so you 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 did that, and then. Um, you're, you've been you've been gigging around the country. Well, ever since then, yeah, yeah. And uh, where's your where's your favourite place to gig in the country? I, I really like uh, Excess Malarkey oh, in yeah. Manchester. Mm-hmm. To show you your home stomping ground, like yeah. Um, it's just such a lovely club. Mm. Yeah, it's a lovely lovely club with a warm crowd. You know, really receptive. Mm. Uh, the Comedy Store in Manchester, I really enjoyed that. Mm. Doing the family shows there, mm. 
Glee Birmingham I like I'm mm. there tomorrow oh great. yeah yeah have you noticed that this has uh, really like elevated your profile an awful lot of you since you went on the Britain's Got Talent have you gone right here we go this is it and you or you were already playing those venues I was already playing those mm. venues yeah the, the um, family shows yeah oh, yeah great the Britain's Got Talent thing though watching previous contestants that uh, have been on it a lot of them they're still on the circuit let's face mm. it you know but it may raise them from doing an opening spot to a closing spot mm. you know they put you know another zero on their corporate fees yeah. or whatever so that's, yeah. that might just be the sum total of it you know it's not instant worldwide fame is it you know Britain's got talent just like any little leg up is nice isn't it yeah, you know, that's yeah. it you don't need any bit of credit on the old uh, CV nothing wrong with that you know yeah, yeah. when you first started you modelled yourself comedy wise on like Bird of Manning and that kind of time you punching down oh, I- yeah well, I didn't model myself no, on no, that. No, right, sorry. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> so you no, yourself. it was just humour at that time. Yeah. was punching down, you mm-hmm. know, and, you know, target, minority people were targets and mm-hmm. anyone different, well, they were targets. They were butts yeah. of jokes, mm-hmm. weren't they, you know, but, uh, I mean, they still are, aren't they, in some clubs, like, you mm-hmm. know, um, not on the comedy circuit we play, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, well, it's just the butt of the joke uh, is usually the... the yourself now yeah, isn't it like, that's you know? right yeah you're or, or people yeah. higher isn't it you know? yeah that's true that's true oh, have you done like the fringes as well or have you done like any of those do you know I've done um, I've never done Edinburgh Fringe oh. and I don't know why but I've never done it one of the big reasons is I, uh, economically I make a, most of my living in August oh yeah <laughs> yeah doing festival stuff you know like music festival mm. gigs and so going to Edinburgh it would be good for my profile but it wouldn't be good for my mortgage repayments. Yeah, financially <laughs> bad. Yeah, that's it. I think it's financially bad for everyone who goes up, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've been, I've been on the last few years, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm not going this year. Because I'm like, you know what? It's, I've been the happiest I've been. I'm like, oh, it looks like I'm going to have a little bit more money this year. Done any of the other festivals? Yeah, I did Leicester this year. Um, oh, I saw you up there. That's right, isn't it? I saw you up there. That's right, yeah. 34, isn't it? Yeah, so that's great. Room, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That, you know, you talk about places to play. That Mm-mm. Downstairs at the uh, Manhattan 34, that's a pretty good room, isn't mm. it? It feels nice. I love it when it, comedy clubs, down, uh, uh, the venues downstairs underground, it just feels right, seedy and just sort of like where it should be. Yeah. You know, that's it. They can't escape without, you know. Well, well I was reading the other day about, uh, you know, the ideal comedy scenario mm. is dark room well lit stage mm. audience in darkness you know everyone facing the front maybe some bistro tables at mm. the front you know nice light nice sound mm. low ceiling yeah and anything other than that is a struggle really when yeah, you think true. of well not a struggle but mm. and that, that's the perfect comedy environment mm. and if it isn't that it's harder work than that if you know what yeah. I mean they feel more connected don't they that's feel more connected sorry I was yeah. saying uh, do you know Lester and you have you just been playing the circuit and just honing your craft for nine years. But also, um, you know, I've done some different gigs as well. I <laughs> I got booked for a, a run of holiday park gigs. Mm. I did those. I did about nine of those. Which company? Which company were we for? Oh, I can't say. Oh, you can, I oh, can't it, say. It went well though. I'm sure. I'm sure they liked you. Well, I've never worked there since. Oh no. <laughs> no, it was okay. But yeah. you get there. Oh, you're on at ten o'clock. We want your we want your adult material. Uh, you get there, it's 10 o'clock, there's 300 kids sat down oh, at the front no. of the stage, you know. This is two-year-olds, you know, while the parents yeah. are getting pissed up at the bar and all that. And you're supposed to do adult material, huh? Well, yeah, and then the, uh, you know, get other times, there's all the old ladies shouting, get the bingo on. And oh, no. That sort getting of heckled thing. by old ladies, heckled by bingo. Yeah, yeah. It's a strange environment. It's a really is a strange environment. But one that I think 
comedy uh, is, is being able to play different rooms, mm-hmm. really, isn't mm-hmm. it? You know, totally different shape rooms, different demographics, and and I, I think it's a good apprenticeship playing a few of those. Yeah, so I think it was um, like you know Jess Foster's cue was yeah. on about doing she did the show about playing uh, cruise ships, right? Yeah, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think it's like. It, you, you've got to uh, try and work that muscle. Just did a show. Did an Edinburgh show about it. Edinburgh yeah. show about it. Right, okay. Yeah. I haven't um, seen it. Haven't seen Silence of the Nans, that's what it right. was called. <laughs> okay, cool. Because you turn up on this cruise ship and it's all like, you know, yeah. the uh, the Blue Rinse Brigade. Yeah. She's got material about, you know, I don't know what it was, uh, yes. the London life sort of thing. Her current life, you know, and then her current life totally yeah. unrelatable to them, right? Yeah, wow. she's, she's got an Edinburgh show out of it. Like, you know? oh, that's great. So you get heckled with bingo, and you're getting heckled by the kids going, "Do it, gives a trick, does another, do another trick." Yeah. yeah. Uh, wow. So, and uh, did you have nine nights consecutively? Yeah, it was a nine night tour of uh, of the country. You know, from all the way from Morecambe down right. to uh, South Wales. You know, you know. Listen, it it was it went perfectly fine, but perfectly fine isn't good enough, mm-hmm. is it? Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? True, true. You want to blow the doors off, don't you? Well. For, for my own satisfaction, mm. there's nothing worse than leaving a gig saying, oh, that was, you know, yeah. meh, mediocre, like, yeah, yeah, totally. You, you sort of find out what your audiences are, don't you, mm. you know, through doing all these different rooms up and down the country, mm-hmm. and you sort of get to find out what you're best at. Yeah, yeah. find your own level sort of thing. Find it? your own level, yeah, that's, that's it. it yeah. Yeah. You need about three sets, don't you? You need, like, a good 20 minutes of one-liners. 20 minutes of like more blue stuff and then something that's just in the middle maybe clean but kind of on the edge of the mixture you know everything yeah. Yeah, basically what I'm trying to say you need everything don't you that's what you, you do need. yeah, yeah like, there's so just, many things on yeah. your sleeve like yeah that's it but I'll tell you what's been uh, funny though is my kids show has got filthy for the years mm. well it's just that I did a biker gig about two weeks ago <gasps> yeah uh, up in, in Cheshire it was supposed to be a, a kids show but there was Five kids in the audience and about 150 bikers. Great. Yeah. <laughs> so what can you do? Yeah, true, true. So I ended up doing like, some kids' magic, yeah. but it was so laden with entendres and, yeah. you know, filth and... Yeah, the, and obviously yeah. the kids went That's on. great. That's great. Yeah. 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 So you, you saw, you know, the kids are happy with it because of the magic and then all the bikers are with it because of all the... Rude all, stuff. All the rude, rude stuff, like, you know. Yeah. To be honest, they do that in Panto all the time, don't mm-hmm. they? Um, it's nothing new, is it? Like, no, that's you know, it. Wife and I and uh, our daughter went to go see um, see Harry Hill. Oh, okay, uh, and, yeah. And we went to see him. Like, it was November last year, and I wanted to see him for years, like to see him live and see what he's like. And he was great. And he was the first twenty minutes, just a, a dynamo of energy and just fun. We we're so into it. It was so fun. lots of stuff for the for the, the adults and then some stuff for the kids. Ah, it was right. Great. But yeah, that's it. You know, it just went. It was really just a, a joy to watch him. Ten kids he wanted, right? Yeah, twenty five got up there. <laughs> You know, ah, right, yeah. you couldn't really turn them away either and these are kid kids yeah these are like about me well maybe yeah like nine I say nine oh, ten right. at maximum but like uh, from the age of about maybe five upwards but the place was filled with it was a Wimbledon theatre right and the place was filled with like so many different age groups you know he like such a mixed wow. demographic and of course the parents there to see him from uh, from uh, all the you've been framed stuff and yeah. all the his comedy as well but yeah it was great really a lo- lovely stuff though but that's the thing when you're playing those rooms you just gotta try and like, you gotta have something for everyone haven't you that's it and hopefully some stuff that that uh, just you're trying to connect with as many people as possible in that that moment. Yeah. And so, what was your uh, the, the first trick that you thought okay on stage that really worked 
the most like with comedy for doing adult comedy I ditched the tricks I absolutely ditched there's no magic in the act well very little I, there's there's one bit I do now <laughs> whereas uh, I give someone a book and I remember you know that um, I uh, miraculously tell them what the oh yeah what the word is on a certain page mm. but other than that there's not really much much magic in the act like no because yeah. it and it's through trial and error playing in in, uh, in clubs comedy clubs in particular that magic no one wants to see a magician you know some smug bastard like you know on stage oh well, I'm brilliant they want to see a loser yeah that's true <laughs> that's true you want to be the butt of the joke every yeah, time yeah 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 you just do straight I, I, I do comedy based around magic really right. but uh, to be honest I think props have, have uh, come into my act a lot oh. more as well yeah hmm. I have a big problem with sweating right on stage hmm. from you know like Lee Evans he's just yeah, you know, yeah. Like bundle of, ball of like ball of water sweat and he, yeah. he, needs a, he needs a towel and everything yeah that's it yeah well I'm like that right and thinking about it I've, I've written loads of jokes about you know things I use to wipe up the sweat so right, right. you know that's a big part of the act these days cool. uh, and, and then the spoofs you know spoof magic a lot of wordplay stuff my disappear joke so it was a, a minute uh, of the act while people try and work it out sort of thing you know hmm. I, I do do magic and I, I do get paid to do walk around magic at events you oh, know yeah. family sort of friendly events that like sort weddings of thing. and things and, yeah. well not so much weddings but music festivals you mm. know that sort of camp festival and splendour mm. you know, those sorts of festivals like the, the sort of B tier festivals family mm. festivals yeah and what's the uh, like splendour is, is that like the, 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 the Nottingham Oh, right, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sponsored by that. Yeah, oh, that's good, right? That's, that's that's a corporate, right? That's a good corporate, isn't it? Is it not? That's what it's called, or Splendor. It's the same name, just the randomly. The, the Splendor Festival, yeah, yeah, yeah. They got some good names on that, yeah. Oh, right, I know, but like the, the name of the the company, it's not, it's not. No, it's not the, it's not the saccharin. Yeah, that's company, it. Like, no, no, right, yeah, it's right. Sugar substitute, yeah. Because what, and you've done, you do corporate then as well. Yeah, yeah, corporates I do. Yeah, I did a paper factory once. That was. Did you rip it? I, I, oh, I no, man. I did. I. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I got through it. Uh, and so, what's the any particular company you've played corporate-wise that you was like, oh my god, really? Uh, well, I played a corporate in Brighton uh, a few years back with absolutely no one listening whatsoever. <laughs> but what was it? What was it? Don't the name of the company. What was? The, what did they make? Um, I think it was a. By by the judging by the audience, it was like you know PR people that sort of right. thing, like you know. Okay. creative PR people and there was another band uh, the Cuban Brothers right they were pretty famous though and they was, mm. they was on as well and no one listened to them either you know and it was like decent money as well you know but it was just playing to absolutely no one you know yeah. just into the into fresh the, air so into the abyss like the night into the, the abyss yeah, wow. yeah 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 it's like you're they're just sort of like you're just the interlude aren't you where you're just stopping them from networking I guess for the PR people I guess well it wasn't even an interlude because they didn't stop talking and oh, drinking no. and it's like background music, isn't it? That's, yeah. But I mean, the, the great thing is about uh, about you know uh, your um because you do you talk that you've got some sort of comedy related material, is it? That it's it's totally different to what everyone else is is doing, isn't it? Really, comedy, comedy based on magic. Based on magic, yeah. right? So it makes you very different and original to every other act. Yeah. 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 That's I usually um, find myself uh, well. I started off in the middle spots. It's a difficult thing to open with. It's trying to find a good place for me on a bill, really. It's mm. quite hard sometimes for 
for promoters like you know but that opening spot is a, is a hard one it's got to be full it's of energy it's anyway as well yeah, yeah. That's, you've yeah. got to just be the icebreaker haven't you so, poof, even though the MC's done great you've got to be getting them into into like just thinking and, and create a bit of energy make trust the night to be honest I work better in the middle mm. you know of two straight comedians or straight stand up sets yes. that's the perfect place for me but unfortunately I can't make a living in that yeah, spot that's you know, it. unless they're middle set. So I'm, I'm either, you know, I'm closing quite a lot lately. Right. So, but you've got to do a, 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 you write a different approach. But I do love playing in the middle spot. I think you can sort of be a bit more imaginative and creative. Mm. And it's a can, sweet spot, isn't it? It is a sweet such spot. a sweet spot. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, um, you know, when you're closing, you know, people want guaranteed laughs. Mm. You've got to do your old favourites that work every time mm-hmm. in any room like you know yeah. but I, I mean I enjoy that that's also a, another sweet spot though the prestige of that as soon as people go oh this is the headliner people might have not been paying attention over the whole night and they go oh you know but you've still got to do you, you do the job yeah. there's that extra respect and sort of admiration that they get when they know you're the headliner yeah you know, I suppose it. so you know, they're a bit primed aren't yeah. they you know. you've got five minutes haven't you you've got five minutes <laughs> rather than five seconds you? totally it's yeah. like they always say it's like seven seconds before they judge you isn't it you know sometimes they do it in three you know they yeah. go oh, okay yeah. right and then you work them back in you know that's like, okay no you didn't think this was going to happen but yeah so have you played out outside the country as well have you played in internationally yeah. as well yeah, I, I gigged in uh, Switzerland nice. last year. That was good fun. Uh, I gigged in Guernsey. Yeah, last year that was good fun. Yeah, th- those sorts of jobs are starting to to trickle through. I must admit, one in Switzerland was uh, it was good fun, but it was hard work because <laughs> a lot of my act is wordplay and English. Switzerland uh, for some people it was their fifth language. Wow, you know when you've got Italian, Swiss, French, Swiss, yeah, you know, yeah. German, Swiss. And English or whatever, you know. That's a delay, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And I think, um, okay, right. Oh, ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, that, that was uh, a challenge. Yeah, well, hopefully, like, you know, if Britain's got talent, those. Yeah, give you a bit more of those, yeah. for sure, man. you got some yeah. on the poster, haven't you? you got some nice uh, pictures from Britain's Got Talent, did you? Like yeah, yeah. Promo and everything. That's it. Bang out on the website. Yeah, That's no, it. it's great. It's it, yeah. there's been some great um, feedback, you know, promotion. Yeah, just make the most. That's great. You just ride that wave, man. Just ride it as far as hard as you can, Jason. That's yeah, it. absolutely. Yeah. You've got over an hour at least have you at this stage. What material? Yeah. Uh, I th- if you count it all up, I could do about two and a half hours on stage. Yeah, wow. But uh, you know, maybe. 20 minutes of that's funny you know? yeah just like you know uh, lots of more facial expressions yeah <laughs> that's it, another four, uh, the half an hour mime mime show at the end yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who, who have you modelled yourself on like did you kind of go when you know you say the people punching down but you like say Eddie Murphy who no, the, that's who I grew up listening to, listen to. Okay, yeah. who, do you, who do you think to yourself that you kind of go oh man they're, they're so amazing as a comedian go, or as a, as a comedy magician um, you go who do you th- who do you go? Oh, that's the kind of person I'm, I like. Well, I mean, uh, to be honest, out of the current crop of comedians, I'm a big fan of Alex Lowe. Mm. He does Barry from oh, Watford yeah. and uh, yeah. Clinton Baptiste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's certainly my 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 level of uh, humour. Mm. I, I really connect with smut, mm-hmm. <laughs> silliness, <laughs> yeah. silliness, smut. Yeah. You know, mm. Jimmy Owen, Jim, Jim Owen. Jim, oh, love Jim Owen. Yeah, one of my favourites. Every time I go to the Fringe uh, in Edinburgh. I always go see him because he's got everything facial expressions down the you know the, the sort of physicality down yeah. the the material and the time he has on stage he's like a it's like a comedy pixie yeah so he just like and he just 
every little bit it just time seems to become elastic when he's on stage and I'm like he is amazing yeah. like, I go see him because I think he's just he does everything to the nth degree and you can learn so much from that yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's like he, he's on stage for two minutes before he even says anything that's do it. you know what I mean I know I know that's it that is, it's, it's such a beautiful thing to watch like you can you, you know when you he, but he's massive isn't he he's massive yeah. in Australia yeah. and like we'd love you to have that uh, that sort of bargaining chip with the audience go well no I'm, I'm going to do something funny in a minute yeah, I'm going yeah, to take yeah. my time to get to it you know yeah, yeah. Uh, rather than rather than every other book like well he wasn't funny for the first two minutes you know that's it there was no laughter there you know that that's the thing isn't it but it's, it, it's, it's just like a, an example of having funny bones totally isn't yeah. it like yeah. Tommy Cooper really yeah. you know he's another guy well I think I watched a clip on YouTube he was doing a, some variety club speech it was a good minute and a half before he even said a word yeah. and people right. are falling off the chairs hmm. you know yeah that's all he's doing he's looking around <laughs> it's like Paul Foot does that as well doesn't he yeah it's a quite a quiet taste isn't he mm. Paul Foot like yeah. mm. I think uh, I've seen Paul Foot do really well and really mm. badly like yeah, that yeah yeah that's it there's never a middle ground for for those for certain actors there yeah you, do you act as well I do, yes. I, well, I started my own business in 2006. I, I got a redundancy package from a, a local authority who were shifting their youth services to someone else. So I got a sum of money. It wasn't a great sum, but it was enough to, to mean that I didn't have to work for three months. So I set up my own business. We supply, and we still, still do it occasionally, we supply uh, creative people to schools uh, for youth programs and colleges, that sort of thing, yeah. And during that time, I uh, needed cash badly mm. because the business, you know, it took, it took years to mm-hmm. start off. So I did extra work for a long time. Yeah, for about six years doing extra work. Mm. I know you had a guest on, Chris Norton Walker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's another mm. guy that did that. Didn't he? Yeah. yeah. I got good at extra work. I got asked to do a few, because I had a specific look at the time. I got asked to do sort of feature parts, you know. There was a glut of gangster, British gangster films. Yeah, you know, yeah, Danny Dyer and yeah, Tamar yeah. San and, you know, Snatch, yeah, yeah, Guy yeah. Ritchie, all those guys. Yeah. And honestly, I was working on gangster films most weeks. Great. Third henchman, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, then I got some adverts. I got uh, I got John Bishop's uh, Britain show. Brilliant. So I was, re- I was a sketch actor for two series of that. What were you in the sketches? I was all sorts. I played his dad. I played an England football thug. There's a theme emerging here. I played a pantomime dame. Well, the premise was John Bishops would say, do some stand-up. They'd try and film sketches based over that stand-up, if mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a programme on now, isn't it? The, is it the stand-up, the, the stand-up sketch show? That's, that's it. it. Yeah. Like, I was, you know, talking about Frog and Bucket oh, years yeah. ago, you know, the, um, the uh, Preston one. Oh, right, uh, yeah. before it closed down I think I played the last gig before it closed down you had Danny Nightingale was emceeing cracking MC. I mean oh, amazing, oh, yeah. so good and that was when I was first started I was like man this guy's incredible like he just a, he was a he was a uh, it's like a glacier he just didn't stop you know just like just kept moving forward even though the audience was really cold he just kept on just you're coming with me no matter what yeah, happens I'm going yeah. and he was just so so good it was a, the gong show night and uh, I also had the Frog and Bucket Manchester that 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 week and John Bishop came down to do a spot. Oh wow. He went on in the middle and I was like, you know, this is a gong show with people who are just barely started. He did his spot in the middle anyway and everyone was like, you know, rounding like moss to a flame and I was like, and I was like, I, I don't want to do that. I just, I'm, you know, I'm not going to learn anything by talking to him now or, or anything like that but but then 
he, there was a bit he did a bit of material right it was to work out some material and I was so naive I was like oh John why don't you do this thing about this thing and in fairness to him he was so gracious he looked at me I was only gone like two years this is a few years ago now and he, was, he looked at me and went thanks yeah. so nice of him to do that because he could just go look mate just fuck off you know, you're, you know right. you're out. but he was so gracious and just so nice and then say goodbye to me on the way out, even though he, I could have just been, I was being the right dick, you know. I was like, just going, oh, uh, you know, there's me, no experience whatsoever teaching this guy who's been doing God knows 15 years, 15, 20 years, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was just such a. But he, I love, the thing I love about John Bishop is he's an enigma, isn't he? He's like the or Liverpool being Kevin Bacon. Right. Isn't he? He's got big teeth and good looking guys. Yeah. And just a big mane of hair. He just walks on stage. Oh, yeah. They're all like, even when he walked on stage in the, the front of Brockett and Preston, they were like, we love you, John. I'm like, Amazing, you know, you're right. just like a rock star, you know. I had uh, I was uh, kicking with Milton Jones the other night. Oh yes, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, that it, it, yeah it was great. But he had that same um, thing about you know he'd walked on stage and there's electricity in the room mm-hmm. when there's a star in the room. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And, and I suppose it's the same with John Bishop, yeah. wasn't it? You know, there's, there's a different vibe, isn't there, when mm-hmm. there's a star comes into the room? You know, absolutely. They just, yeah. they just like, wow, we're in the presence of greatness. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they, to be honest, they don't have to do much, do they? No, this once, the, once you, <laughs> I agree with you. I think so. once they establish that yeah. they're a star, yeah, they can be crap. Yeah, but on know. TV, oh, okay. Well, this guy, it doesn't matter. We, we've seen this guy that's been on TV in the flesh. Yeah, and, yeah, and they can just like they can coast a little bit. I'm not saying they do, but they could. E- they can easily. That I guess it's hard, isn't it? to kind of go when you know someone and they're friends of yours or like you feel that they're friends of yours you don't yeah. want to tell them no you want to go yes of course mm-hmm. yes you're great yeah. yes yes of course rather than when you kind of only don't know them no it's like no no, no they, you can just refuse you can just mm-hmm. cut, cut them off if you like you know it's that uh, it, you're surrounded by yes audiences or you that's know, that right kind of yeah yeah I mean I'm not saying that they are but I'm just you know that it can it can be so hard to find a good bit of a really good bit of material that works because they got they're laughing because they've, you've got all this back catalogue of bank of goodwill if you like, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You're drawing yeah. from the bank of goodwill at that stage. That must be tough, eh? Mm. You only know it's when your audiences start to dwindle, right? That's what it is. They go, oh my, this. Yeah, this yeah. Is the thing. That, that's the only indicator. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Yeah. Mm. I need someone that doesn't know me to look at my material, and and I guess that's what's handy about having wives, isn't it? <laughs> Critical. I don't know. Thing. Do you do you try out material on your on your wife? No, so. I I don't trust my partner. <laughs> well, I, I you know I love it daily, of course. Before I did Britain's Got Talent, I, I said to my partner Alison, I said oh, I've got this great joke. I said I'm going to walk onto stage at Britain's Got Talent. I say, well, last year's winner was Lost Voice Guy. This year it's going to be Lost Hair Guy. <laughs> <laughs> and and she 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 was in hysterics. And uh, I thought, well, that's a great joke. So I, I went to to do that at the audition, like you know, mm. tumbleweeds. Oh no. Yeah, you know? and she thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever said. From that point, I said, "No, not listening to you again." Like, yeah. you know? I, I very rarely tell her anything about work. You know, yeah. I try jokes on her, but I just did that one once, and she loved it. And then, no, that's it. No. Yeah. She's a bad indicator. She's, and she's a bad indicator. Yeah. The mm-hmm. opposite of what she says. Yeah, that's it. Well, that's interesting because my my wife's the opposite. She's like, terrible. You know, I think she's just like making me try try harder. That's what I think. She's like, oh, no, like what is it? And she'd be like, no, that's, that's, that's awful. Well, I, see, this is... I mean, you're, you're a sort of conversational style comic, mm. aren't you, really? Yeah. And, I mean, I, I meet uh, with a, with another joke writer, you know, and, I, I, you know, being a prop act, it's very mm. difficult for me to explain, like, well, I get this prop out and I say, da 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 And it must be the same for sort of conversational comics mm. as well, that how, how do you discuss material, you know? And, 
for now, I just kind of talk it out. I just kind of go, okay, what's because you'd have a sixth sense of what's funny. Whatever I find funny in that moment of like of that conversation, because to be fair, my stuff is becoming shorter. It's a, it was a lot more uh, elaborate before. Now right. it's becoming more condensed, and it's it's nearly one liner. It's nearly. Oh, is it? It's getting closer. That's the last time I've seen. That's mm-hmm. that's been. That was, that was in uh, Lee Bryant's gig, wasn't it? Uh, down at uh, yeah, that must have mm. been five. And that was ago. yeah, that was very uh, conversational then. Yeah. But now it's uh, it's like I'm just it's becoming more condensed and like you know uh, just refined really. Right. That was a while ago, so it's just now it's uh, a bit more punchy. When I first started, I did I had a lot of just non sectors and one liners, and then and then I was like, oh no, let's make it longer. It's like because you know I want because you want more time. <laughs> You know? yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. like no you're just, I'm just diluting the, 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 the formula yeah. and then now it's like okay let's just because I went to see, I see I've seen I went to see Dylan Moran a few years ago oh, okay. and what I love about his stuff is like all of the the setup is hilarious and fun yeah. and funny and then that, and then the punchline it's not even he doesn't even have to get to the punchline he could yeah. just stop that, that that thought there and we would have been happy with that because it was so well mm. uh, just written is like basically it's one liner joins to another one liner joins to another one liner like this rather yeah. than just like okay here's the setup here's the joke at the end you know because otherwise it takes too long to get to that and I think my problem is I, sometimes when I first started I had a problem getting to the point oh, <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm saying yeah. but he gets to the point with like consecutive jokes that really are just so well thought out and I, I love it it was one of the best shows apart from Joe and uh, they were on a par for two different things at two yeah, different, yeah, skill, different yeah. skill levels but you, you got kids though yeah. you, do you test the stuff out on your kids I do. I, to be honest, I, I, I work my comedy muscle around the <laughs> dinner table. Yeah, great. You know, how was your day at school? Uh, did geography? I said, geography, or, you know, did you find the classroom all right? You know, mm-hmm. nice. that's all, you know, that stupid yeah. thing, but just try and they know what I'm doing. I, I'm just trying to get that to mm-hmm. muscle working because I've got a gig tonight. Though. Yeah. So I tried that on them. To be honest, they um, used to come to festivals. I do an awful lot of festivals, you know. Mm-hmm. And we'd camp for the weekend, and they'd see me swearing on stage and all that. And you know, I've never really, really enjoyed that aspect. You know, the kids mm. watching you swear on stage, mm. like you know, it doesn't have an effect when you have it at home. Then it's like, look, you've seen it now. Like, like you're just not doing as you're fucking told. Now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, they're a bit older now, and I don't know. They must think it's all a bit weird. You yeah. know, dad being a comedian, like they must mm. think it's a bit. To be honest, they 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 want some kudos out of it, like you know. Mm. But they, they, it must be weird, you know. You can't really discuss your jokes with them, can you? Like, you know, you're talking about boners and stuff mm. like that. And I've, got, mm. I've got all this great material mm. about, you know, it's wordplay on vaginas. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all like this. You've you got a son and daughter, haven't you? Yeah. And, yeah, you can't really do that, can you? It's not, it's not, not really... You don't feel right doing it. It doesn't you're, feel you're, right. I'm a bad parent. I'm yeah, parent. yeah, I try some material out with my daughter. Oh, and, yeah. And she, I, know, I know that if she laughs... This is gonna work. I get carried away. I do a bit of improv, you know, and uh, I get carried away sometimes with the stuff. You don't know what's gonna come out of your mouth next. Yeah. And uh, that can be very. I can, I can, can be careful. You gotta be careful. You gotta be very yeah. careful. But have you done improv as well? Are you doing that? No. That to be honest, that's if I was to look at the next five years of my career, then I need to be more in the moment on stage. You know, mm-hmm. I was saying before, like it's an internal monologue, mm-hmm. monologue like, You know, it's all pre pre written jokes, and but I'd like to do more improv you know and so you you were saying you got to the feature with John Bishop and, and the, the sketches and stuff was that your favourite thing you did with the acting or do you know I've had all sorts hmm. I had uh, Roy Chubby Brown's uh, biggest fan I played him in a in a, a, a Christmas advert for, for uh, Asda <laughs> that was probably my biggest payday because that, that's always the 
upshoot of doing the ads and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, but to be honest, I'm a bit part actor, really. Oh, I did mm. Batman. That was good. That oh, was wow. good fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah what, that was. What, a... what were you in Batman? I was a prisoner. Say, so, there's a theme emerging. I was a prisoner on a boat on Batman, the one with where they sink the. They had to make a decision about whether to sink the boat or the oh, women and children. In the bar, yes, there's those two bombs on either one. That's it. Yeah, that's, yeah. Oh, it's that's, a famous uh, conundrum or something. Yeah, that was in the Dark Knight, wasn't it? The Dark Knight. That's Brilliant. it. Brilliant. Yeah. But you were the prisoner in the boat. Well, I was a prisoner in the boat, and right. along with another two hundred and fifty prisoners. Yeah. All bald heads and. But still. You know. As seen uniforms. in Batman. As seen in the Dark Knight. If you watch it and find me, then you've done Mate, I'll job. send you the clip if I can find it. It's like, it's like Where's Wally, you know, because right, right. Ev- everyone's either bald in yeah. in, uh, in uh, orange uniforms, like, you know, trying to yeah. pick me out is... All right, uh, I'll, have, I'll have a look, man. Don't worry, I was in the Tudors. I was in the Tudors oh, for, uh, like, uh, like, the second season or something like that. I'm in the opening credits of the Tudors, and uh, I'm dressed as a page. Oh, are you? Yeah, yeah, that's it. And uh, this is... Oh, this is 2008, I think it was, yeah. Right. And the weird thing was, before I did that, I did a course, to do, a multimedia course. Yeah. Uh, and I was hitching out to this course, and I got a lift with this guy who, who looked after Jonathan Rhys Myers, the guy that was in, the main guy. And uh, I did an interview with him, but I was terrified at the time. I was really, I had no confidence at all. Uh, but I did manage to ask him to do an interview. He said, yeah. So, um, and a few years later, I was in that, the tutors. And of course, there's me, like, so just expecting him to recognize me. I'm like, hey, Johnny. And he's like, no, yeah. I didn't. But I should have said so. I was like, hey, how you doing, Johnny? It's good to see you again. But I was like, I didn't have the confidence then either. Uh, I was just in my head, paranoid. I go, oh, no, I didn't say, okay, I'll let it go. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's silly, isn't it? But you, yeah. you sort of get weirded out, don't you? Yeah. When, uh, when you're on set, and then the, I did uh, Robin Hood with Russell Crowe. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. And it was a night shoot in, uh, in Farnham. I, I was uh, some guard or other, like, you know, with a chain mail on, mm. but it was actually made of plastic, like. Right. Oh, it was the most boring night I've ever had in my oh, life. No. Then, well, it, we waited in a marquee. There was about 30 of us, and they said, right, wait in the marquee until we till we start filming. And this was at five o'clock in the evening, said, so wait in the marquee. I think this camera started rolling about three in the morning. So we just basically stood around all day. I think that, that's what you get paid to do, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then uh, Russell Crowe comes over to us, right? With his co-star Kevin, something like that. he was in Lost. Right? He comes over to us. He said, "Guys, I know you've been uh, waiting here all night, but we've got a little treat for you. I'm gonna get the acoustic out and sing you some songs." Whoa! <laughs> so you were so you were serenaded by Russell Crowe. He was fucking awful, mate. Oh no! <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no. But, he, but he was the um, executive producer of the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a guy signing the checks. Are you clapping? So you can imagine, song. like, oh. <laughs> Oh no, that is terrible, isn't it? Yeah. It's like watching your boss do comedy, isn't it? Yeah. That is yeah. the worst. That is the worst. You're laughing at every joke. Oh, that. Oh, oh no, no. Stanley Ovation. Everyone's get get the roses out. Come on, you'll be needing these. Did uh, you get chatting to John Bishop or anything like that? Or no, I never met John Bishop. I never met him because oh. I was doing the sketches mm-hmm. for his show, which was putting visuals over his stand-up. Mm. So there was actually no need to meet him whatsoever. You know. Mm. I'm hoping to catch up with him on the circuit one day, you know, and, and say to him, hey, John, it was, it was me sketches. in your sketches. Like, cause yeah. it, it was, you know, there's some great, great, you know, there's some funny stuff on that show. Yeah. You can and, go, um, I'm your dad. Yeah, I'm your dad, I'm the pantomime <laughs> dame. Yeah, yeah so ho- hopefully I'll, I'll go and confront him one day yeah, with that, yeah. like, you know. Nice. But yeah, I mean, I've got lots of stories about, you know, meeting big stars on stage, mm. but to be honest, they're all, it, it, it's just a bit needy, isn't it, you know? 
doing it for that reason. Mm. The, the reason I did extra work is because money. money do you mm. know what I mean? I, I, and adverts, I did it for money. Mm. I don't particularly like Chubby Brown's work, mm -hmm. but I did that for money. Mm -hmm. Got to yeah. <laughs> pay for two Christmases or whatever, mm. like you know. Great. So I, I had to do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, once you get to my age, I had to ditch your scruples, don't <laughs> Take anything you pay get, the bills, well. like yeah. That's it. But I, I certainly don't parade around, you know, trying to live off. You know, I, I've worked with cause, no, because there, there are a lot of people on yeah. set that are like that. You know, you say, you know, who are you? And oh yeah, I've just done this okay. film with uh, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. <laughs> like I've said, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm half away. Yeah. I'm interested. I mean, it's interesting to know because you get to. Uh, but the, as you say, there's some of those extra things. There's a lot of people that are really clicky or clicky within the yeah, uh, within that game within yeah. that game like going, oh what have you done it's like well I was an I was an elbow in this thing oh well I was an elbow in this other thing it's like okay great well yeah. you know, they, they get very pretentious about it don't they yeah, you know? yeah. It's, it's hard to sometimes hard, it was, you just felt ostracised being even though you're not in the group you're like this separate it's always a system isn't it it's always a system in place to kind of like you know make you feel lesser than the, whatever yeah. But, um, yeah. Oh, you with this one? No, not with that agency. Oh, you with that agency? Oh, well, you know, blah blah blah. It's like school again, isn't it? That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, to be honest, I'm not proud of that work, though. No. I'm, I'm not. You know, I'm not really proud of. I'm proud of some of the acting I did, some of the feature parts I did. Mm. You know, which one's your favourite? Um, I did a good photographic one for Cadbury's. Oh, nice. Oh, do you know what? I played a, a bouncer for Mazda, Mazda mm. Cars, uh, alongside um, a guy out the Gladiators called Rhino. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the guy with no neck at all. I know who you mean. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, he was always on the uh, the one the when he the was it firing footballs or something on that. Do you know that big square? Oh yeah. Thing yeah. he was always like Ugh! on the, the yeah. I used to love gladiators. Man. Yeah, I, I did too. Yeah, yeah. Just shame when it they, I guess the uh, the drug testing and the steroids weren't allowed to be in gladiators <laughs> anymore because it just lost all the joy, didn't it? It was like oh okay, well these people's heads aren't going to explode at any minute. Yeah. You know, yeah. from all the roids and all. It was just like. <laughs> You just look at these guys. Like, I could spend six months in the gym and look like this guy, you know. But you, with the guys with the roids, you're like, I could never, I, I couldn't possibly. Do no, that, you know? no, no, no. That's what you want to see. It's like that's why Arnold Schwarzenegger is so successful because they're like, okay, well, this guy has gone to the very limit of human ability and drug, <laughs> drug uh, overdose to get himself to that point. You know, well, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he, he said, uh, yeah, he did start. You did it first. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. But say because we've got steroids. Yeah, of course, that was it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I did that advert with yeah. it, with Rhino. Yeah, mm -hmm. that, that was probably. Well, it was just like when the director says, you know, here's a, here's a few words and here's because it was a comedy role as well. Yeah. Uh, it was like a comedy bouncer. You know. Yeah, yeah. Where's where, Where's Rhino from? Is he Is he English fella? I think he's from Yorkshire. Is he? All oh, right. Did you have a chat with him or? Yeah, you know, it's professional yeah. chat, you know. Yeah. It's like you do with comics sometimes, you get into a green room and travel far, you know. Yeah, that's it. Oh, <laughs> usual sort of click, press tape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, then you always, um, it's always usually gossip about something that uh, has happened that week mm -hmm. on the comedy scene, isn't mm -hmm. it, you know. Any horrendous stuff happened to you? Uh, what's the good stuff? Any fun gigs? Or that story yeah, who owes your money, you know. Goss, yeah. yeah, yeah. You must have played genres then, have you, in the last few years? No, I, I played... Um, I did a, a middle spot in Portsmouth. I still shudder about it. That was about seven years ago. Mm. That's as near as I got to junglers, really. Mm. I, 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 thankfully, I've avoided the um, the scandals of the um, of the comedy circuit. You know, people owing the money and yeah, yeah. You know, touch wood. So, what's the the plan for the next? You know, you've got do you set goals or anything like that? Or? Well, I I always get satisfaction in playing clubs that I haven't played for before, mm. or playing for promoters that are 
and that are respected on the on the um, on the circuit. So uh, you know, it's nice to get an email to say, "Oh, could you come and do this club or mm. that club?" You know, clubs you want to play. Mm -hmm. You know, as a comedian. Yeah. Uh, so I'm still ploughing through those. Really, mm. I think sometimes I, I've been given a lot of opportunities that I haven't taken. Mm. You know, that are fluffed. They always hurt the most, don't mm. they? You know. Yeah. When such and such a producer was in the audience that had come to see your act, or mm. such a you know a promoter had come, you know. A, someone who promotes mm. nationwide big big gigs TV stuff mm. and you've not done so well sort of mm. thing like you know so I, I'm just trying to um, just keep ploughing on really mm. you know if a lucky break comes along then a, you know a break comes along and yeah. I just want to be working that's all you want to do yeah. keep that's working it. Keep yeah. the, 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 as long as the, uh, the the phone calls the emails keep coming in to book you for more gigs yeah and I've been doing a bit of writing as well I've had a, I've had a little break on TV mm. Uh, doing some writing, oh, great. Um, but I can't um, I can't say much about yeah. that because that was for for another comic, you know, who's really busy and didn't oh, have great. time to write stuff. So I got asked to do, yeah. you know, to pay some more, writing. pay some more bills as well. And yeah, so, yeah. And, and so do you do you write? Are you writing any like shows or anything? Cause sitcoms or anything like that? Or no, I, I'm a I think I'm just a joke writer really. Mm -hmm. That's one concentrating on I'm 49 this year I think I've got around about 10 years left on the circuit right realistically before I'll need a driver <laughs> right yeah what's <laughs> the hours in it the hours behind the wheel eh? it's tough yeah. lorry driver hours sometimes lorry driver hours you know and when you're closing gigs as well it mm. gets even worse diversions as well as diversions yeah mm -mm. so I mean it's not uncommon for me to get in at 4 30 5 30 6 30 you know yeah. in the morning it's a killer it is a killer yeah, yeah. Touch wood, but you know I should have a plan. What What do you think? What What you know? What have I you think? got a plan? A I've plan? Got a plan. I got a plan. Was uh, the plan I've got? I'm writing a sitcom. Just Just keep my my mind working and and doing different things for me to kind of keep testing my ability of of comedy. You know, writing jokes. Don't have a problem writing jokes. It's just the I want to see what else my comedy brain can concoct or or, or you know imagine because yeah. it all comes up together. It all oh that works for that and then there's another thing so it kind of it all creates some momentum going for me to to inspire myself to write more um, or better material yeah that's that's what I'm trying to do you know just constantly generating something you know using the using the muscle yeah you know, but it's uh, there seems know. to be a template though doesn't there for success mm. you know you bump into some comics and it's quite all laid out before them you know mm. I'm working on my show I'm doing previews and. Mm. Is Edinburgh a thing? Or yeah, yeah, you know. Like, yeah, I think Edinburgh is for a certain type of, of comedian, I think, maybe, or a certain type of individual. I mean, I, I maybe, I, maybe that's just a huge generalisation, but I think you need a lot of money, really, to make Edinburgh work. Unless you have a, a, man, a big management company behind you, then it's not quite as much. Yeah. You know, but um, but I think that uh, there may be a template for success. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, because I, I, then I look at people like Greg Davis, you know, I mean, and he, okay, he was a drama teacher before he got into comedy, but but you know, he was was at a, of an age when he became very successful. Yeah. So it's like, but you don't know how many years he was plugging away before that. You know, so it's like, okay, what was he writing before? What 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 was the thing that made him break break through? Yeah. So you, 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 I don't know if this is. So we are clang. Was that what it is? Greg Davis was when we were clang, was it? I think so. Yeah. Is that right? So, sure, yeah. so yeah, so maybe that that so that was it then, is it? So that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, but he was he, he was at an age when he he broke through in that was it? How old was he when it, how old was he when we are clang? Oh, he was in his late thirties, I think. Oh, was he right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was the other guy who was with Marek. Yeah, he was mm. another member. Of we are clang as well. Mm. 
So yeah, it's like these. So you just try to. Oh, because I know Marek because that's it. I did a kids show. Mm. Sorry, I've got no head. Uh, kids sketch show. Right. I did two seasons of that as well. Yeah. Oh right, that's great. <laughs> so you've been on TV a fair bit then already. Yeah, yeah, then, yeah, yeah. But um, the the lines <laughs> never over a line. You know something though some credit in it is a credit there you go it's a credit yeah that's it got your spotlight profile down yeah that's true that's I've got it. an agent I've got an acting agent though no mm. and uh, I've got a spotlight profile that right. that took years to get yeah, a spotlight yeah. one mm-hmm. I kept applying they kept saying no no yeah. we're not having you and, and then I got an agent I think the agent rang up and said listen sort it out because um, who are you with the film me asking uh, Mike Lee all oh, right MLA uh, the agency um, work is just you know it comes in when it comes in, really, mm. like, you know. It's got a wait in it. Yeah, it's just a waiting wait game. Mm-hmm. You know? Just keep plugging away. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. I sort out all my own live work, mm. so. Plus, I think with my, uh, I sort of run a business part-time with my, with my missus. You know, we still supply mm. creative people to schools and colleges called reward projects. Right. And what, um, yeah. yeah, what about that? That that project is it like for you're doing hard subjects in like not like uh, legs akimbo is it like you know <laughs> not like that is it? Do you know we have had projects like that because my partner's uh, an actress mm. from from a uh, background. A school want to do a play about bullying, so my partner and some of my friends were going to that school and help the kids devise a script and mm-hmm. workshop right. it and you know perform it that sort of thing and, and I write the invoice. <laughs> Great, that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we have to. We've covered bullying, homelessness. You know, but the only problem these days is uh, no one's got any money, unfortunately, in, in that sector. You know, what exciting stuff have you got coming up in the next like few weeks or months? Or where can we see you? Where can we come see you? Where can we see the the great El, El Baldino? Well, I'm all over the shop. To mm. be honest, that's the only answer in brief. I'm all over the country gigging, and it's summer season, so I get to do festivals and. Um, the focus goes off comedy clubs and now it's on festivals. What festivals are you doing this year? Uh, this year I am doing the Cornbury Festival, mm. I'm doing the Mighty Dub Fest, mm. I'm doing the Greenbelt Festival, nice. which I'm not, is a Christian I've festival. Heard it's, very, it's a very nice festival, yeah. I'm doing the Fine Fest in Ulverston, mm. tons and tons of things like that really. Yeah. We can find you online at www.elbaldino.co.uk Instagram, all those places as well. Instagram, yeah, Facebook. To be honest, I'm mainly a Facebook person. Mm. I get more success on there than mm. I do on Twitter and Instagram. Like that's where my uh, most known, I suppose, yeah, Facebook. Yeah. El Baldino, thanks Thank for coming on the Comedy Effect, and I hope you can surf this wave as long as possible, man. That's it. Much success to you. Thank you very much, Paul. Cheers. Nice man. Thank you. And that was episode 71 with the great El Baldinio, a.k.a. Jason Mannion. He's a lovely fella, very funny guy. Go and check his show out in the Comedy Store in Manchester. It's a family-friendly show on the 17th of October. Now, that's something to look forward to. A light at the end of the tunnel, guys. All I'll say is this. Look, I hope you're having a good time. I hope you're having a bit of downtime, enjoying the break from just your the relentless day-to-day life. I mean, this is think of it this, right? You're 
isolated at home. There's probably loads of things you got to do around the place. You got to tidy some stuff up, get rid of some junk, read the books you got in the corner. There's a stack of them, I'm sure. You know, play those games you didn't get a chance to play. Enjoy your life. Things, think of the positive. It might turn your life around. You might think, do you know what? What was he doing? What's doing that job that I hid? What's he doing the thing that I was just doing the same thing every day? It was starting to do my head in. But look, just take the time off. You can go to Tesco's, get yourself some meat, make some burgers, have a barbecue. You can't have the friends around or, you know, your, your neighbours, but you know what? Have a barbecue with your own family. Have fun with them. Get to know them again. Because we get the day-to-day. We have to go out, go to work, come back, go to bed. It becomes relentless. And that is even more mentally destroying than maybe kind of, you know, being locked into that rat race. Just think of this. Take us a bit of time out. Write those fringe shows. Write those sitcoms. Write that idea for a movie. Get it done. Get motivated, man. Just enjoy yourself. Be good yourself. Don't see it as a negative. Okay, right, there's a few things you gotta do. We've got to get some rent. It's a bit we're all up in the air at the moment with things trying to get who we're gonna get paid from, but that's okay. You know, it, it, the government are out giving some stuff and there's there's some things happening. We don't know exactly what's gonna happen, but you know what? Try to stay positive. Try. It's 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 hard, I know, but just kind of try and find something that you can put your energy into that's gonna give you something back. Like maybe you know, go for a jog, go for a walk with a friend or maybe go pet the neighbor's dog or, or, or do something like that. Or maybe even take some stuff around to your neighbor, you know, who's elderly and, you know, who can't get out to the shops because they're in lockdown and they're one of the more vulnerable people. Maybe do that. Do something for someone else if you can't think about yourself and it's making you stressed. All I'll say is this, right? You can follow this podcast on Instagram at Winter Dominus uh, and you can find my stand-up gig dates, which are on my website, which will probably be in September, October at this stage. But you know what? Let me know. I still run writing groups and I'll probably be running them over Skype if you're interested in that. Uh, that'll be from Monday night from 7 to 9. But if you're interested in that, let me know. Drop me a line on thecomedydefect at gmail.com. That's all I'm going to say for this outro. Hope you're using this time wisely. Try to stay healthy mentally, physically. Uh, maybe meditate as well. That might help you out. Helps me a lot as well, especially in these times. I feel like I'm really stressed about something. I'll say is that was episode 71 with the great El Baldinio. Follow on Facebook, Twitter, all those places. The next episode is episode 72 with a very funny comedy magician again, actually. I didn't plan this, two in a row. Comedy magician and photographer Steve Best. It's a great episode as well. Until the next episode in April, take care, be well, wash your hands every 20 minutes and uh, just try and relax, guys. Have a good apocalypse. <laughs>